We'd like to dedicate this episode of Gareth Jones on Speed to one of the fastest and smartest racing drivers there ever was, Nicky Lauda. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Richard. Hello. She's Sarah. Hello. I'm Gareth, and Zog is currently underneath a Porsche 944 Turbo. Is it an S2? I can never remember. But he's fitting a new large turbo to his car, and he's actually got to do it so he can make it to Le Mans this year. So we'll excuse him from recording tonight. How are we humans? Are we enjoying Formula One? Sarah, are you enjoying F1 at the moment? Yeah, I think it's good. I mean, it's very predictable at the top, but the rest of it's... There's been some interesting stuff been happening, let's be honest. Interesting is an understatement. Do you consider, Richard, the Vettel-Lewis incident interesting? We should explain what I'm talking about first. Go on. Well, I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you know what's going on there. It's a good bet. Um, is it interesting? Yeah, it's, well, it's something to talk about, isn't it? And it's controversial because some people think that Vettel should have been penalised and some don't, I suppose. So is it interesting? I don't know. What's interesting? I mean, it's interesting against the backdrop of a season that hasn't been especially interesting so far. And I heard someone on the coverage at the weekend saying something about at this early stage in the season. I was thinking, it's not early stage, is it? Not anymore. How many races we're, in we're are deep we? deep into it now. Well, yeah. Seven? Well, seven races in this season is only one-tenth of the way into the season. Well, it's a long season, isn't it? <laughs> that's true. I think the most exciting part was that everyone was excited to see a different winner. And then as soon as the likelihood of that changed after he got penalised five seconds, yeah, yeah, that whole exciting part died down when, oh, we're just going to get the same winner from the last succession of weeks. Yeah, seven out of seven races, is it? Yeah, from Mercedes it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so what Bottas has done one or two, two. Two. But there's also, there's some sort of stuff bubbling up, I suppose, because the Ferraris probably looked better in the Canadian race and in qualifying, of course, as well. Mm -hmm. And then all the Renault engines are suddenly Mm. finding form at a power track like Canada. They were all top 10. That's quite interesting. There could be a little resurgence there, but it's sort of taken its sweet time to arrive and it's probably not going to topple Mercedes. And it's almost getting comical now when they arrive at a track and they'll inevitably quote Hamilton saying, well, we're not taking anything for granted. You know, I think Ferrari are probably going to be giving us a good fight this weekend and then they just... Yeah, yeah. Drive away Ferrari are always the quickest on Fridays. Well, not always, but very often the quickest on Fridays. And then when it comes to the crunch, Mercedes crank it up and walk it. But the whole Renault resurgence must make you feel a little bit better. So <laughs> poor old Danny Rick, who we think may have made a difficult wrong choice going to this team may not have done after all that there is hope that they can deliver something i tell you what i think he would have enjoyed being ahead of one of the red bulls at least i bet yes <laughs> i think that alone would have made him smile also ashley barty australian won the french open so it was a good weekend for some of the for being uh, australian. european australians and, yeah. and did you have a good weekend personally as well I, <laughs> good I had a good weekend, personally. I, no, I, I didn't win a world championship or anything. There's but, still you know, time. I, I still smiled. <laughs> <laughs> I actually loved the whole Lewis Vettel incident because it wasn't the most exciting race, which is unusual for Canada because Canada has produced one of the greatest F1 races in the last, I don't know, 10 
years at least with Jensen Button's epic four hour and four minute win however many years ago that was the Sky did a whole big thing on that didn't they they did they do a feature really they talked the about it a lot didn't they yeah. yeah well they did have Jensen on the show which kind of makes sense because it was Canada but yeah the Canada race is often very good there's lots of safety cars because of that wall that people like to hit but this year there wasn't so much of that going on it was fairly pedestrian but the drama of Vettel been forced into making a mistake and then been penalised for the way that he returned to the circuit actually gave that race some venom, I think. There was a bit of spit. I and, think so. It was yeah. a good talking point. I oh, mean, God. it was great when he went up to swap the numbers around from one to two, stormed off into the hospitality yeah. and then he got convinced to come back. Yeah. And they all bit a podium. That was great. Was that not the most miserable podium ever? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there have been some miserable podiums, but was that the most miserable? Good question. I loved the fact that he moved the number one and number two bollards from in front of those two cars. At the time when I was watching it, I felt he was absolutely justified in doing that. I went with his argument that, well, I was on the grass, I didn't have any control, I came back onto the circuit, what else am I going to do? I think it was quite convincing, to be fair, and so everyone got on his bandwagon. But in actual fact, had the roles been reversed, I'm not sure he'd show much sympathy. Yeah, he can complain a bit, Vettel, can't he? Well, yeah, but then Hamilton got on the radio, as they all do, they've all turned into... um Please, sir. Footballers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Please, sir. Dave, Dave's picking his nose at the back of the class, sir. It's not quite diving, but it is like when footballers sort of follow the referee around, going, oh, come on, come on, I'm working. There's a lot of that on the radio, very sort of public statements of dissatisfaction, as if that's going to sway the stewards, but I guess they sort of have to do it just to sort of at least flag it up. The moving the numbers thing around, I found that really funny. It reminded me of something that my son would do, but he's five. (laughs) You know what? It was the best dummy spit ever. It was like that. He threw his toys out of the pram. It was great entertainment. It's all part of the backstory. You know what? At least something entertaining happened. And you know what? People actually said, I heard there was something going on in the F1 on the weekend. And because of that, otherwise, it just would have been (laughs) another race. A man briefly drove over some grass and then. later moved some big metal signs about. The people go, oh, you see, that's why I don't watch the F1. It's not that interesting, is it? But it was interesting, and it worked for people who like F1, I suppose. And also, it was a racing incident. Yeah, I don't was. see what's going on here. And you really tried to push Lewis off the track when he came back on, didn't he? Well, oh, this I is what I, I buy Karun Shandok's explanation, which is just because it's Karun Shandok and we salute him. Do you think someone like that who's an ex driver, they've got a good take on it? And his immediate take and his subsequent analysis, he didn't really change it. Where he just said, look, he's coming back onto the track at like 100 miles an hour off some grass. He is not fully in control of that car. And also, somebody else pointed out, even if he was completely in control of that car, he is entitled to one manoeuvre to prevent the passing move. Exactly. So you could count it as that. Either way, he shouldn't be penalised. The other thing that I enjoyed... (laughs) I know I've spoken about him before, but Gunther Steiner, he gave Kevin Magnussen a good telling, didn't oh, he? I made some notes. I actually wrote down what he, he said, said to him. That's enough, him said, didn't he? That is enough. Get on yeah. with it. And yeah, just, enough yeah. is enough. Yeah, enough said, is the, enough. The kids have been you know, working on the car overnight and all these engineers have been losing sleep and Kevin Magnussen was just being a bit of a brat. Yeah, well... well Magnussen subsequently tried to explain himself a bit possibly through shame because he'd been told off by the teacher but he did say he was complaining about the tyre specifically he wasn't dissing the car and in his explanation he went out of his way to say how brilliant the car is and how frustrating it is that they've got a brilliant car that doesn't work on those tyres 
Which means it's not a brilliant car, is it? Because, I mean... It would make the best of the tyres. Yeah, yeah. I could see his point. What he's trying to say is the one weak link is the tyres and the way that the car works with those tyres and they're trying to crack that problem. But, Mm. yeah, he definitely did a little bit of backtracking on that whinging, dummy-spitting... Toys out of the pram. Well, he said that this is the worst. Something like that. This is the worst, worst race car experience race car. I've ever had. Yeah, I think something to that effect. I can't ever remember a firmer dressing down over picture car radio than Gunther Steiner's speech. It was exactly teacher telling off a pupil, wasn't it? I mean, it was, right, enough is enough. It stops here. The line is drawn here, as Picard would say. (laughs) And that was great. I love the technology in Formula One. I love the racing. I love the personalities, the drivers. But all this other stuff is probably really what we love most about Formula One. It's a soap opera. I've said Mm. this many, many times before. Listen, just coming back to the Vettel-Lewis thing, Zog phoned me up to apologise that he couldn't make it here tonight because of the car repairs he was doing and his take on this was exactly I think the same as my experience and maybe a lot of people who watched the race live and have now considered what happened since at the time I was vehement that Vettel was wrongly penaltied is that a word penalized thank you wrongly penalized by the FIA it didn't appear that he made a deliberate maneuver he was just struggling to keep the car under control however since then the FIA have given an explanation as to why they think he was just that they gave him this penalty and it's to do with an additional steering movement which he deliberately made to squash Lewis out keep Lewis behind him now I understand that that appears aggressive but I also appreciate the fact that this is Formula One racing and we need a bit of cut and thrust and stuff like that yeah in racing it needs to be jeopardous is that a word again jeopardous it needs to have jeopardy yeah that would do yeah it needs to have that sort of sense of oh that was a bit but you get away with it i think that's okay i think that's part of it sebastian vettel has shown his colors he's shown the kind of driver slash person he is because he has been the villain many times before he has snapped a bit like schumacher is there a a particular driver from no, Australia maybe mm. that, 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 uh, that you think has been particularly <laughs> yeah, bad yeah, towards yeah. Sarah well, two, by actually. any chance <laughs> <laughs> two drivers yeah, so Mark, from Australia let's roll them out firstly we've got Mark Webber let's go back to when Mark Webber almost won a world championship and <laughs> Vettel put pay to that yes. yeah he did he did look I'm not an expert on the details but I'm not sure whether he made Mark Webber crash or he did something and Mark I only needed to either win the race or get X amount of points, but I'm pretty sure he wiped him out. I'm sorry, I can't recall the detail, but that is one incident. Sebastian Vettel, he ignored team orders from Christian Horner, which is very naughty. He played the villain very again. Naughty. And you know what? I think when he was teammates with Daniel Ricciardo, I don't think he really enjoyed that either because Ricciardo outpaced him. So is Vettel the anti-Aussie? He's the anti-Aussie. Anti-Aussie. I just think he's shown his colours a couple of times, so his behaviour is no surprise to me. He can be a bit vindictive, but, you know, I think that is something that does happen in racing drivers. Most of them. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, of course. No, they're racers, so they should. He's a good character for the sport. But earlier this Hmm. year, I'm sure, wasn't he... He was a bit sort of 
very much ruffled by Charles Leclerc, his teammate. So he didn't really like at all that he was getting outpaced by no. a young Ferrari driver. Did no, he? he wouldn't like that. But they wouldn't, would they? They wouldn't. And the trouble is that Leclerc is quite capable of outpacing pretty much anybody on that grid at the moment. So I think Vettel would have been justified in trying other techniques to keep him behind him. I noticed that... A bit of cheating, yep. Charles Leclerc didn't get any <laughs> airtime on the podium at the Canadian Grand Prix. It was all so orcs yeah, that yeah. Martin Brundle just cut it short and didn't speak oh, no. to him. Well, uh, I read that it was Sebastian Vettel walked off mid-question. I read something on social media that was very funny. They showed the vision of them in the waiting room, the three of them. Yeah. The room of awkwardness. And they said, yeah, the room of awkwardness. And someone made the comment saying, oh, Charles Leclerc looks like he's in a room where his divorced parents have just seen each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's just, yeah, it's just awkward. I rather liked the way that Vettel came to Lewis's defence on the podium when people were booing and it was targeted at Lewis and Vettel said, well, actually, this isn't an issue with Lewis. I don't think Lewis has done anything wrong here. And I thought that was amazing. And I do like the relationship Vettel and Lewis have. Yeah. (laughs) Also, when they first walked out there, Hamilton pulled him up onto the top step as well, didn't he? Which was, I think, you know, he's trying to make... And I'm surprised... Good on that as I'm well. surprised Lewis didn't get a penalty for that because you cannot mess with the podium procedure, I think they call it. There was a case, do you remember when Schumacher pulled Barrichello onto the top step once because of a change of position thing, a team orders mm. thing? And Schumacher got in trouble, was fined for that. So I'm surprised Lewis hasn't been tackled about that one. It, it has happened in the past. Okay, so the real star for me of the Canadian Grand Prix was homeboy Lance Stroll. I knew you were going to say Lance Stroll. <laughs> yeah, well, I did. For 18th to 9th. Fair play! Because there's nothing worse in your home race, is it? How difficult mm. is your home race? And at last, Lance Stroll is in the car, which isn't going to be in the very, very back of the grid. And to be fair, he did a great job. Didn't he get his first podium in Canada, or is that another race? He got third. Did he? No, in I the think, rain? I think his dad just... Paid for him to be able to go <laughs> when yeah. no one else was around. Well, you know that, that's more than likely. But no, I remember that the post-race interview with Lance Stroll. He was tickled pink. He would be as he, he was, well, was a tickled himself. Force India pink or yeah, yeah, was, Racing Point pink. Beside himself with joy. Well, yeah. he has an issue. I have an issue Did with Lance dad? Stroll. No, it's the way that Lance speaks. <laughs> so well, whatever he's dad. been um er uh, interviewed uh, um er. Uh, his uh, um er to actual words ratio is um er. There's about five umers for every word. That's too much, Richard. I haven't noticed. I, I haven't noticed. He's just, I haven't he's noticed. just annoying. <laughs> Which pump, sir? Uh, pump two, please. The red Ferrari. A Ferrari, I wish. Uh, no, it's the, it's the Blue Mondeo over there. That's pump one, mate. Well, yes, I thought so. But then a man came over and swapped the numbers round. Oh, Jesus. Not again. I warned you about this before, Vettel. It's not done on who arrived at the pump first. Go on, get out of my petrol station. I noticed something during the Canadian Grand Prix. I don't know if you did as well. Before the race, you often see drivers drinking out of plastic containers 
topping up on fluids before the race. You can hear that we've got some fluids around here. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a minute. And they're in these branded plastic cups, and they're all branded by the energy drink sponsor of each team. For instance, Red Bull, of course, have Red Bull. Mercedes have Monster Energy. Haas have what's it called rich energy mm-hmm. and i dare say there are others as well a hype still in there with racing yes. point racing point yes are they yeah they're uh, an online amazon brand i've been trying <laughs> to buy it you can't buy it you can only get it from amazon is that right well, i think it's yeah they, they sponsor their esports team ah, so because you need a lot of energy if you're sitting down playing a game <laughs> don't you yeah but the thing that fascinated me i've always known that before the race whatever they're drinking out of their branded drinks thing isn't that energy drink it's probably water or some very cleverly configured electrolyte balancing version of water hydration yeah they won't be drinking this nonsense but highly unlikely lewis hamilton came to the pen afterwards with a can of monster energy one of Mm. those big giant 87 liter cans opened it and took a big slug from it quite visibly on camera but clearly likes the stuff, and it clearly was a sealed can, wow. which is a first. What you reckon that it was I a don't dummy? Know. So they have prop cans for him. Yeah, no, I'm, really, I'm, I'm still quite sceptical. So about that. yeah, well, now we've got yeah some cans of this stuff here. Yeah, some I'm going to have various energy drinks. Now this yeah. one, so this is Monster. I noticed. Yeah, I've never. Oh my god, one pound thirty-five. I know. Yeah. So the first problem I have with these monster drinks in particular is that they come in big cans. That's a can of lager can, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is, yes. That's a buy six for five quid from a corner shop type can. Yeah. And I see people in the street drinking these in the morning, and I always think, oh, you've got a drink problem, mate. And then realise it's actually this, but it looks from a distance like you're just having a cheeky <laughs> lager on your way to work. Or are they on their way home? Well, maybe. Maybe they are drinking. I know it's thing, it? There's another one of these, isn't there? I can't remember. There's another energy drink that comes in a big can, another brand that I don't think is in Formula One. This, I notice, it says at the top of this monster thing, it says it's got taurine in it. So taurine is what's in Red Bull as well, isn't it? Hence it gets its name. Is that right? I yeah. didn't know that. Taurine, Taurus Bull. Oh, of course So, and this has also got ginseng and B vitamins in it. B vitamins. And L carnitine christ i'm going to read this tearing a can of monster energy the meanest energy drink on the planet it's the ideal combo of the right ingredients in the right proportion to get the job done like only monster can it has an intense but smooth flavor let's find out shall Shall we we? yeah Yeah. i'll just finish this bit of copy on the side because it's bollocks athletes musicians anarchists students road warriors metalheads geeks hipsters and bikers dig it you will too Oh, wow. Has anyone arrived at this conclusion from? Do it close to the mic so we can hear it. Go on, open it up. Wow. That again sounded lagery. I'm just going to put a tiny bit in each of our glasses because it's something else. I want to sleep tonight and I don't want. (laughs) Oh, 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 just got a whiff. Did you get a whiff of that? Is that that cat just pissed at the wall there? Honestly. Sorry, Sarah, do you want the little one? I don't know. I'll go the small one. Yeah, I Um, certainly don't want to be up. All right. Well. Right, cheers, y'all. The smell is actually quite. I'm familiar with Red Bull, and this immediately smells like Red Bull. That sort of slightly fruity floor cleaner smell. Luckily, I've got no sense of smell whatsoever. Count yourself lucky. All right, here we go. It's a bit like lolly drink, isn't it? Can have a drink. Oh, it is, isn't it? (laughs) Right, so that is just 
That is an incredibly sweet ice lolly melted into a glass. Spangles. Yep. Is there a calorie count on this per 100? Well, I noticed that you've bought another one, Gareth, that is the yeah. zero calorie version. Zero sugar, too. Yeah, yeah. That's called Ultra, isn't it? Monster Ultra. It tastes like Spangles. Do you remember Spangles? Can you still buy Spangles? I don't think so. If you crush Spangles, add some fizzy water to them, that's what you get. Monster drink, I reckon. <laughs> Apparently this other one is lighter tasting. High caffeine content. Not recommended for children, right? <laughs> high ah, caffeine, I'd like to say. know. Not recommended for children. Oh, well, good job I'm not a children. <laughs> yeah. I just noticed, I'm just reading the can. Yeah. love reading cans. I'm just reading the can of this diet one, or whatever it's called. Ultra, the sugar-free yeah. one. Manufactured in the EU under the authority of Monster Energy Limited, South Bank House, Barrow Street, Dublin. I didn't know Monster, I presume that means, are Irish. Wow. I, I assume they're, they're American. With... Unless that's yeah. just their European base, I don't know. But I thought they were American. I don't anything they, to do with Guinness. They sponsor Ken Block a lot, don't they? Oh, of course they do, yes. So hang on, when did you see Hamilton opening or seeming to open the can of this stuff? In the pen after the race where he came oh, right. to do the interviews. So yeah. he's lost a lot of fluid and he's probably thirsty. That doesn't mm. feel thirst quenching at all. That feels like... Like no, it doesn't. custard to quench your thirst. <laughs> Make things worse. I've got a control substance here. Red Bull. I can't remember the last time I drank Red Bull. It may have been at a rave in 1990, if I'm yeah, honest. Yeah, we used to do... I remember back in my day, when we used to go out and we'd have... That was red, last red, week, Sarah. <laughs> yeah, last weekend. We'd go to the uh, Red Bull vodka. If you had a Red Bull yeah. vodka, it was just, you know... I only once had a big night out where I only drank Red Bull vodka because it was sort of quite a thing at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was a thing. I went through- and... I then remember getting home and having that really sort of sicky, room-swirling feeling of having oh. too much to drink oh, and yeah. then not being able to pass out. Oh, oh murder. Just lying awake all night feeling horrible. Go on, Sarah, you drink it first. And tell us about the bouquet. It smells very similar, doesn't I'm it? I'm sorry, but this tastes exactly like the Monster Energy drink. Oh, interesting. This is, are they not like... Oh, God, you're right. I found a thing this yeah. is... A... This is a smash less sweet, but it's not nice, is it? And do you know what this reminds me of as well? Is that it's peachy. It's got a bit of peach mm. to it. For a long time, my TV colleague Jeremy Clarkson used to drink a lot of Red Bull. Did he? And uh, yeah, imagine the state of his heart. <laughs> Cigarettes <laughs> and Red Bull. He's completely wired the entire time. He, do you know what? It's almost like it bounced off the sides. He's got the constitution of an ox. But the thing is, when I, I just associate. I know it sounds weird, but you know, sort of people have a smell, and for a long time, and not now because. <laughs> He doesn't drink Red Bull or smoke cigarettes anymore. But for a long time, in the heyday of making Top Gear, in the sort of mid-2010s, the smell of stale Red Bull and fags is just, I associate it as Jeremy's signature scent. That's beautiful. I now know what Jeremy Clarkson smells He doesn't smell like that anymore. Oh, <laughs> what a shame. But, but, uh, Jeremy, when I think of you, I think of... Yeah, but it's, it's just weird, sort of overly sweet. But it just reminds me, actually, of just being on film shoots, because before that, and the first time I think I ever smelt Red Bull was again, this is a weird time to be name dropping, but I used to work on old Top Gear with Quentin Wilson. Ah, Quentin. And Quentin used to drink Red Bull a lot as well. What's with Top Gear always have, Well, because it's like TV presenters on long days on shoots and they've got to be up because they've yeah, got to be on camera. Tell you what, like, though, I think that was before all the information came out about how actually harming it was. Yeah, and how it's probably not good now for a middle aged man's heart, particularly if you smoke heavily, as both of them yeah. did at the time. But yeah, and have, that's the, thing, the first know, time the smell other... of Red Bull, an open can of Red Bull, you'd get into Quentin's car mm. to go to another location and he'd always have an open can of Red Bull in the cup holder and the car would stink of it that sickly mm. alright should we go with the one that started it all should we have a bit of LucasAid this is original LucasAid or Luco Fizz we call it in our house which... so 
Lucas Aid used to sponsor McLaren, didn't they, for a while, but not That's anymore. That's right. Yes. I mean, in, back in my sort of fun run days, we'd have Lucas Aid stops. Gatorade, Lucas Aid. We associated Lucas Aid with original? run clubs. And really? long distance. This one smells a bit I mean, sweet as well. well I remember. For me, it reminds me of being ill like as a child. Well sweet. I love the way that they've relaunched LucasAid as an energy drink because for me, LucasAid is what you have when you were ill yeah, as a kid. Because you can't eat because you're ill, but you have this, keep your energy up. It's medicine, basically. Hang on. I associate it with Gatorade, like a Gatorade stop halfway through. There's quite a famous run in Sydney and Australia called City to Surf. Called the what? The City to Surf. City to Surf. So you'd run from William Street in Sydney all yeah. the way to Bondi Beach. It's yeah. a 14-kilometer run. It's the best run ever. Like So really fun. You know, it's got the highest participation rates in the country. Did you do it? Yeah, I did it every year. Wow. Sports. So I first did it when I was, I think, maybe 10. What? Right up until, you know... Recently, wow! Um, wow! No, so then you do the reverse, where it's beach to Barbie. That's <laughs> 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 funny enough, but yeah, well, once you get to Bondi, it's like yeah, there's loads and loads of barbecues. And, and did they sponsor that race? But no, but there'd always be a Gatorade stop. But before Gatorade became big, it was always sort of Lucasaid. Yeah. So we go to fun runs, and we'd have Lucasaid as a you know refueling. Yeah. Do you like Lucasaid? I don't mind it. I mean, it's, I it's, not, it's not an everyday drink. It's a, <laughs> Every other day, maybe, but not every day. Would you like to see the wine list, madam? No, I'll just have some Lucas. <laughs> I love Lucas Aid. You I, can drink Lucas Aid and I drink this if I'm out and about. If I, I need, Do yeah, you? I wouldn't dream of buying Red Bull. Or, yeah, I love Lucas Aid. Yeah, I like can of Lucas Aid on a hot day. Yeah. That's that falls into that subcategory that of things that I like but would never order. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I sort of like it's very rare. I, you know, if I went to a chocolate bar, I wouldn't buy a Mars bar. Even there's nothing wrong with them. Really? Just don't fancy. Just, just don't go there. Yeah. Right. This is why we're here in the first place. The controversial one. This is a can of rich energy. Now, this is quite hard to get hold of. How did you get hold of that one? Well, my mate Alex Goy, friend of the show. Hi, Alex. Hello, Alex. Oh, hi, Alex. Uh, I was quite jealous of this because Alex. Actually, I was intrigued, and I'd looked up how you buy this, and through their website, you can order a slab of it, right? And I thought, I should just do that. It was 30 quid or something. I was like, do I fancy just absolutely spaffing away 30 quid for the sake of a joke so I can go on Twitter and go, look, I've got a slab of rich energy, and then maybe I could give it away to people who follow me on Twitter or something. And I procrastinated, didn't do it. Alex, much more proactive, that's why he's very successful, is that he Hmm. went and tried to buy it off their website, endless delays, and then he found out they sell it to Amazon as well. And he ordered a slab through Amazon. And I saw Alex the other night for a pint. And he arrived at the pub with some cans of this. Because now he's got a slab to get rid of. So not a pint of rich energy. No. A pint of beer drink. It's yeah. so weird because we had them on the table. These cans on the table. And then at the end of the night I had to take them away. I had to ask the people behind the bar if I could have a carrier bag to take home these cans of bloody drink. So yeah, Alex has got like 27 cans to get rid of. Because he only needed two to write about what it tastes like for a lot. I mean, the packaging is quite slick, isn't it? The black with the gold. And well, that so, distinctive logo on the front. On the, on the half. Yeah, so this is, this is obviously they, they sponsor us and they've been in, well, they've particularly been in our orbit this week because it's all been kicking off on Twitter because of this logo on the can. I've got some other cans of this because Alex gave me five cans I brought two this evening here because these are the ones that are in the fridge. And apparently it needs chilling. I've been reassured. It even says at the top, like, serve chilled. I'm going to keep one of these and never open it because this logo on here, this stag logo, has 
been subject to a recent court case. Where White, who make ATBs, all-terrain bicycles, yeah, yeah, the British have bicycle an almost maker. identical it's, logo. But so, for so, an extra little prong on each of these side antlers. Just, it's meant to look like a stag. Yeah. Now, Rich Energy... Stag, right, okay. See what I mean? It's like it's antlers, basically. Yeah, mm. antlers, uh, yes. And it's quite a good logo, but unfortunately it is uncannily similar mm. to the bicycle one. They say Rich is Rich Energy because they're based in Richmond, right. on the outskirts of London, Isn't and this is... Based on the deer that you see in Richmond Park. That Benson, what was the name of the dog that chases them? In oh, that? Fenton. Fenton, that Jesus was in Christ, Richmond Park. Fenton. Do you yeah. think that is like a story well, quite so, fictional? Uh, well, I couldn't possibly say, Sarah. However, the judge <laughs> in the, the, court case. the court case between White and Rich Energy believes that some of the materials they presented in court, which attempted to prove the evolutionist logo, were in fact confected after the act. <laughs> And mm. there was some suggestion. The graphic designer who did it, his stories were inconsistent, and this is how they sort of smoked this out. Wow. He admitted that they made this as a kind of retrospective attempt to explain how they came to it. But at the time, they were presenting it as part of their work in progress, which was seen as a little bit misleading. But worse than that, the guy who owns Rich Energy, William Story, the judge wrote that he did not answer questions directly, preferring to make speeches about his vision for his business or alternatively seeking to evade questions by speaking in generalities or in the third-person plural. So the judge was quite damning, this judgment. And that's just some of it. He described him as a liar, if I remember, at one point. Pretty much, yes. He actually said liar or used lies. It was quite strong, yeah. Yeah. And also, he denied any knowledge of having seen the white ATB logo beforehand. And yet, a picture turned up on Twitter of Romain Groschon riding a white bike. (laughs) <laughs> which now it's all kicked off on Twitter because the Rich Energy Solutions so they had to pull the logo off the cars in Canada yeah, because they've allowed White to decide if they want this to be part of the reparations for it and they said yes so the logo is gone now Rich Energy are coming back swinging they're taking it to appeal it's back in court on the 27th of June in the meantime they've just gone bananas on Twitter having already been singled out by the judge for unprofessional language in some of their positions and what have you they're now having a go at White on Twitter I've seen this. It's embarrassing. It's It's like the sort of tweet you get from Donald Trump, where they were criticising White. They said, we're investing in Formula One. What are you doing? They didn't say no, Mark, but they used a really quite derogatory term for a very respectable firm. And it just seemed handbags at dawn. It seemed like playground stuff. It's not... Digging a bigger hole for themselves. Mm. And Chris Harris responded to this, didn't he? Yeah. He retweeted one of their tweets, quoting the House F1 team's Twitter address, saying, "Uh, guys, you might want to disassociate yourself with this group because it's not looking good, you know? You you don't want that sort of behaviour, do you? I'll just read you the two tweets that are particularly controversial that have appeared this week. The first one was the one, two white bikes, that says, enjoy the free PR while you can guys those with an iq higher than their age realize you are mickey mouse <laughs> that's it. oh how we will laugh in due course we are actually investing money in f1 whilst you are investing zero total parasites who knew about us for two years before piping up wow that's showing a bit of class isn't no, it yeah <laughs> yeah they're clearly a classy act yeah so chris harris sure. then wrote hmm harris f1 team and copied them in said you might want to disassociate yourself from this bunch now chris harris has got 
in his Twitter biog, it says writes and does low rent videos about cars, also does less low rent videos for BBC Top Gear. That's in his bio for ages. And Rich Energy replied to him with, you do low rent videos in your bio, analysis on a similar <laughs> level. In the way your show does not support UK car companies like Ultima Cars, faster than Porsche that you fawn over, it is entirely in keeping that you would disparage us. It's pathetic. Stop speaking. We've had too much of this. (laughs) (laughs) I did a little, little bit defensive. So, because I was a bit bored and I was on a deadline this morning, and as anyone who writes for a living knows, when you're on a deadline, you'll find anything you can to do something else. (laughs) So, I started looking on Company's House just to see a little bit behind, sort of, you know, the Rich Energy thing. Two things are interesting. Rich Energy, there's Rich Energy and Rich Energy Racing, two different companies registered with Company's Mm. House in the UK. Interesting. Rich Energy Limited has. Three, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> there were three directors of Rich Energy. There's William Story, who is the sort of figurehead of the company. He's still a director. The other two directors were a Croatian fitness trainer <laughs> and a pub manager. Whoa! And the pub manager's now resigned his directorship. So Rich Energy, the company, is run by a mysterious technology entrepreneur, so I think he stars himself. His tech company went into liquidation, officially liquidated in January this year. His other two companies, an LED lighting company and then something else, they were both dissolved without ever revealing their company accounts, which presumably they weren't any. He does have a sports agency that's based out of Monaco, so that's not on company's house. That may be where the money's coming from, because as far as publicly available information is concerned, you can see the rich energy accounts and they come from nowhere sort of set up a few years ago and then their first accounts they have over a million pounds in their bank account it seems. So they've got money from somewhere. That could be from his other company elsewhere. I don't know, but it's certainly not from his not tech from company, sales. which was forced to be wound up after they were, I can't remember the official legal term for it, but you know when somebody has to request a company's liquidator because they owe them money, yeah. it was Sky Deutschland, yeah. right? some of the TV people. They were the ones who actually went to the court and requested the company to be liquidated. So there's all sorts of things going on there. It's not for us to judge. It's not for me to say that one of the other, a few rich energy employees who appears on LinkedIn lists uh, (laughs) his prior experience as including working in a garden centre and being a Domino's driver. I mean, I'm sure he's a brilliant business manager, which he is now for them. They're an interesting company, let's put it that way. And shall we try their drink? (laughs) On that note. So, will we expect new livery then on the uh, house cars? Well, well, it's the logo that's the problem. So, I don't know if they just carry on with the the colour scheme and no one's disputing. They're all more or less the same colour these drinks, aren't they? It just smells like a Red Bull. Yeah, Yeah, it's very similar, isn't it? Hang on. She's supposed to suck in air while she's doing it, aren't you? It's like, um, oh, that's quite strong. Oh, it's like. Oh, that is very yeah. strong. It's just got an extra little... And metallic. Yes. Slightly it's, different to the Red Bull, but you, only slight. Richard, before you poured that into there, Slightly did you put five 1P pieces in my glass? Because <laughs> that's, that's what it tastes like. Copper. I'm getting copper. Yeah. I better not stand next to any magnets after a drink. Oh, man, that's... Ugh. It's particularly... Ugh. It's the least nice of a pretty <laughs> unnice bunch, isn't it? Oh, my God. So if you were to choose your favourite... <laughs> I'll just have the wine, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to rinse out with some Lucas, Lucas Fizz. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, refresh my palate. God, oh, dear. Yeah. That's got an afterlinger as well. Oh, that? yeah. Really, that one, yeah. that rich energy hangs around. Listen, I've got a bag of diarrhoea. Would you like a mouthful of that yeah. to refresh yourself? That's after... OK. I brought some dog <laughs> If I was thirsty as a camel in a desert, I'm not sure which one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I would just 
the camel. <laughs> and this isn't it, because energy drinks have a history in Formula One. Do you remember Jordan created their own energy drink brand, which was called EJ10, I think, or V10, I can't remember, where... It was 10 different fruits or something. And this was Eddie Jordan's attempt to do what Red Bull were doing. Use that Formula One platform to advertise energy drink and make more money from that than he would actually in Formula One. That didn't work and nearly broke Jordan. Mm. It's a difficult game. You know, hype. Yeah, you know, hype. the energy yeah. drink hype. I've been trying to buy that today. I spent large part of today going around all the local places trying to see if I can buy hype. I couldn't. Couldn't find it anywhere. And that was on the Force India car. I don't know if it's on the Racing Point car. But Hype used to sponsor Footwork Arrows in about 1994, 5, something like that. You're reading, Richard, there. You're reading the contents of the Red Bull and the rich energy, I can see. I'm just wondering how they differ in terms of ingredients, and it's quite similar. Really? Well, I say it's quite similar. It's the same. They start with water, obviously, and then Red Bull say sucrose and rich energy say sugar, but that's essentially the same thing. And then glucose, and then citric acid, and then... Lots of caffeine. Lots of caffeine or taurine acidity. Well, yes. I haven't found it's had any effect on me whatsoever. I mean, I've been drinking some of this for like over five minutes. I don't make no effect like whatsoever. Heart yeah. palpitations right yeah. now. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm just, I was like, I need to sleep tonight. I'm feeling <laughs> jittery already. It's just like, <laughs> and relax. But you know what they say: don't believe the hype and don't believe the rich hype either. Monster. And finally, F1 stars have reacted to accusations this week that the sport is sponsored by too many energy drinks. Race reporter Ray Shreeporter spoke to some of the current drivers. Lewis Hamilton, uh, do you think it's okay for Formula One heroes such as you to push caffeine-heavy energy drinks? No, man, I think it's totally cool. I mean, really totally cool. Like, really cool. I mean, cool, man. Cool, you know, cool, cool, cool. Like, totally, completely, you know, whatever. Hey, look, a plane. Max Verstappen, are you concerned about promoting this kind of beverage? Uh, no way, no, no. I mean, it's like totally whatever, you know, just like whatever. I don't think it's like, you know, bad or whatever. It's like whatever, you know, you said about this. Uh, I know it's like whatever Louis said, you know, I don't know, like I, I was listening, but yeah, like, you know, it's like whatever I was going to say. I don't know. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Okay. Uh, Roman Grosjean, anything you could add here? I don't see a problem myself. Uh, do you drink the energy drinks in question? Yes, of course. Right, uh, it's just you seem a little um, calmer than your colleagues. I've drunk a lot of it. It's uh, delicious. How much have you drunk? Oh, you know, uh, loads. Really? No, I spilt it again. Guys, thank you. Hey, have you got any more energy drink? I mean, you know, just like a bit more. Oh, come on, man, give me some. You know I'll pay you back. You know I'm good for it. I mean, I just need a little bit. Come on, please, please. I'm desperate here. Gareth Jones on Speed. Something I meant to say when we were talking about rich energy and everybody which I think is kind of supported by your journalistic digging there, Richard, that as far as I know, Rich Energy approached Williams as sponsors last year. Mm. And Williams did due diligence on them and said, oh, no, thank you. 
<laughs> it's a difficult game, isn't it? It's certainly mm. interesting, yes. Yes, but is there any motorsport game more difficult, see what I did there, than the Le Mans 24 Hours, which happens this weekend, and for the first time in I don't know how many years, I'm not going to be there to watch it, and I won't even be able to watch it on TV because I'm working in North Wales on the Saturday, right the way through. I might be able to see some Sunday afternoon. Who has it on the TV? Sky had it last year. Traditionally, Eurosport have had it. Mm. I'm not certain who's got it this year, mm. whether Sky have got it, because Sky have got pretty all the motorsport in the world, including the Indy 500. Mm. Small diversion. Did either of you two watch the Indy 500? Oh, yeah. I watched the Indy 500. heck, it was fabulous. It was amazing. I loved it. Did you see it, Richard? No, I'm... Oh, Richard, the last... Ten laps at least were... The last lap, even. Yeah, alone. the last quarter of the last lap. It's been a while since I've stood up off the sofa and I'm in front of the screen jumping up and down. It was so good. The battle between Simon Paginot and Alex Rossi, who I actually really love Rossi. I think he's genuinely cool. That's what motorsport ought to be. And I think it's a real mistake. Sky showing IndyCar at the moment on the same channel that F1's on because it's making F1 look duller than it already is because IndyCar is well the Indy 500 was properly exciting Mm. anyway just on that note yeah so the winner of IndyCar I've got this tweet Simon Pagenaud he's tweeted on tweet just a casual hashtag Indy 500 winner cruise through Times Square New York City this is two days after the race he's still wearing his suit with flowers around him I think that I'm not sure he slept for three days yeah 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 I'm actually not sure he's taken that suit off for three days and all his official pictures drank that milk and then I think he just he poured it over his head quite a few beers he smells milky and sweaty and he's ended up in Times Square to get from Indianapolis New York there's every chance he flew. Whoa, hang on. <laughs> can even hear the uh, traffic. So, and he's waving to some randoms, which tells me. Bless him. And all the official photos that he took included his dog, his little family dog, who I can't remember, maybe called Norman or something <laughs> like that. A cute little dog, fair play. Very funny. But sorry, we went sorry. way off topic I've, there, I've, didn't I've, we? I've diverged. I liked it. It was good. Well, you should talk about Le Mans 24 Hours. If you're going or you're already there or you're en route as you're listening to this, I hate you because I want to be there myself. But my reasoning for not going this year was I was offered a job on the weekend of Le Mans. I've oh, got to do this job. It's quite a big one, doing it. And I'm a bit concerned that Le Mans this year is just going to be pretty much an identical replay of last year because it's still part of the same super season, this 18-month-long super season. Mm. All the teams are more or less the same and there is only one car in the LMP1 hybrid category or two cars, one team, so, is it a done deal? It's there for Toyota to lose, really. I can't see Rebellion, who are about a second and a half slower than the Toyotas, actually beating Toyota at the top end. When we go to Le Mans, we love the GTs. We're not that fussed about the LMP2, apart from when the LMP2s were in with a shout of winning it. It could be years back, or was it last year? I can't even remember now. But without a really competitive LMP1 top class with hybrids, Le Mans lost a bit of passion for me. That was what allowed me to make the decision not to go this year. But now, here we are, days away from the race starting, and Zog's going, and I'm hating it. I really am feeling it. That's if he gets his car fixed in time. 
if he gets his car fixed in time and if it lasts the journey because Sog's a very good engineer isn't he very good he's almost replicating a bit of the race he's got a last minute major rebuild of the car he has under time pressure yes. and then everyone's going to worry I say everyone the crowd at the Mon are going to worry Maybe they should. Maybe you should. If you're going, do worry about Zog lasting the distance. <laughs> He's done a lot of very admirable work on that car. Last he time has. I stepped in that car, he'd got new leather seats. Yeah, he's giving it a few fresh refurb. It's, what's it called? Trigger's, Trigger's Broom. Trigger's Broom, Zog's car. Pretty much everything on that car has been modified, replaced or zogified in the however many years Zog's had that car. I doubt if, in fact, even the VIN number is the same as when he bought that car. Very Um, passionate. (laughs) I hope it is, otherwise that means he's ringing cars. I'm not suggesting he has actually done that. That was a joke. Let me be legally clear on that. But yeah, Zog and Stevie go to Le Mans to watch the big race. Have you done any research on Le Mans this year, Richard, or it missed you completely it completely missed me but I'll be honest I didn't even know it was this weekend I thought it was the weekend after I just wasn't paying attention at all well well, I'm hoping that we get a reboot a revision of Le Mans with the new rules that are coming which will allow hypercars to compete in what would have been the LMP1 class Uh, they're talking about I've forgotten the name of the car class that we're going to call it now Uh, David LMP GTs I think LMGT no David we'll call him David (laughs) but yeah the possibility of there being Aston Martins and well, McLarens. There, I mean, there are already yes. Yeah, in the so in the top it, class, it's like yeah. sort of essentially GT class times a million. Yeah, GTLM I think it's is the term. That's what we're using, and that sounds genuinely exciting. I'm salivating at the prospect of that. The prospect of SMP racing, perhaps beating Collis in the LMP1 at the moment, really doesn't tickle me. As fond as I am of independence in motorsport as fond as I am of Neil Gianni racing those cars they don't have a depth a history a resonance to them that top class does so I'm trying to convince myself that I'm happy I'm not going to Le Mans this year it worked out <laughs> oh hey on a Le Mans note have you seen the trailer for the new Ford versus Ferrari film oh with yes with Matt, Matt Damon in Matt Damon, it. Damon and, yeah. uh, Matt and, Damon and what's his face um, 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 um uh, Christian Bale yeah Who's oh, Welsh? Nobody. Christian Bale, born in well, Pembroke. Well, he just shouts at people for standing near him, doesn't he, on movie sets. Is that right? No, <laughs> so there's that famous clip. And he whispers. He lost his shed because, um, so anyway, that's not going to be He's playing um, uh, the Brummy guy, whose um, name I can't remember, suddenly I, in the in the whole Ford GT40 story. God, uh, what was his name? Um, um, uh, you know who I mean. Uh, yes, I do know who you mean. Never no mind. And Matt Damon plays Carol Shelby. Yeah. Unusual for a man to be cast as a woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, the trailer looks quite good, but I think bizarrely it's going to be called Le Mans 66 in this country. Really? Not Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, and I don't know, I guess maybe mm. they think that Le Mans has more resonance here in the US, it just mm. doesn't, but everyone knows who Ford and Ferrari are, so yeah, yeah I don't know, I don't see what yeah, Ford was wrong with Ford versus Ferrari as a title. Anyway, there we go, um, That's, it's coming out soon. It looks quite interesting, but the bits of dialogue that are... It's a bit calming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a bit... Where God, what's his name? That Brummy guy who sorted out the GT40 has completely slipped my mind. There's a bit where he's sort of sitting, like looking at the stars with his son, going, "Yeah." But they've the got perfect laps out there. Yeah, except yeah. And it's sort of he is almost doing that. But just remember, Johnny, and but he's not because he's doing a Brummy accent. So <laughs> it sort of makes it weird. perfect laps out. The ass awesome. 
Tony Taylor, who follows me on Twitter and is very knowledgeable in all things motorsport and old enough to have actually experienced most of motorsport firsthand himself, wrote to me over Twitter to say, I wonder if they'll mention the fact that that Ford, that one at Le Mans, was in fact really a Lola. Which it was, of course, the GT40. The well, that's GT what I was hoping for, one. that the whole thing, that, that movie, that they would, you know, say, filmed on location in Slough, <laughs> which is where that car really was sort of knocked into shape. That's right, that? yeah. I, probably they didn't. No. Mm. You know, these Hollywood types, they'll have done it in Hollywood itself and then just made it look like Slough, because they're very similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there is a link between the Slough and Hollywood. Do you know that? Hollywood is famous for what? Movies, and movies, film studios. Yes. Yeah. What's Slough famous for? The Thunderbirds oh. studio was in Slough. Century Twenty One Studios, where they filmed Thunderbirds, oh. Captain oh. Scarlet, Stingray, Supercar, Fireball XL Five, Joe Ninety. Have I gone too deep, Jerry well, Anderson? I feel like though? you're a bit of an expert here. <laughs> I do rather like a bit There's of Jerry Anderson. You know what they filmed? They didn't actually film The Office, the UK sitcom. In Slough, it was set in Slough. Shot they in Reading, was it? No, it was shot in Teddington. Here's two bits of nerdy car-related trivia for you about the TV show. The Go Office on, then. We're in the last ten seconds of the show, the actual building in which they shot the office, the office. It was a real office building rather than a proper set. Subsequently, became the auto car magazine offices. No. And in the title sequence of the office, they did go and get some shots of buildings in Slough, culminating in there's a sort of slow kind of what we call a dolly shot of a sort of 60s office building that is supposed to be the exterior of where David Brent and everyone worked. That is a real building in Slough, and it's just round the corner from the headquarters of Ferrari UK. If you ever get to borrow a car off Ferrari, you have to go and collect it from them. And the first time I did that, I drove around the corner and went, how do I know that? <laughs> and then suddenly I could sort of hear handbags and glad rags in my head and it was just around the corner on this sort of weird little trading estate. So there we go. Anyway, deeply uninteresting trivia about Slough. Um, we're going to leave you now. Before we go, we'll wish you well at Le Mans if you're going, Zog or anyone else there. Cheers from Cheers. vile uh, drinks. Yeah, You've been listening to Richard, Sarah and I was Gareth. See ya. Ugh. To send us an email, see pictures, get song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Even just a tiny drip of that was not nice. <laughs> 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 Richard. Gareth Jones on Speed!